become successful in life, young man? He said, number one, you got to change your mindset. He said, you don't get in life what you want, you get in life what you are. Number two, practice OQP, only quality people. You earn within two to $3,000 of your closest friends. I found that out, I left all my bro broke friends. I said, y'all gotta go. <laughs> Cause I used to be so broke, I'd pass the bank and trip the alarm, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and the third thing he said, Develop your communication skills because once you open your mouth, you tell the world who you are. All right, Tim. So <laughs> I found that speech on TikTok under a motivational um, page I was watching. And I was thinking about it and I heard that and I saved the video because I thought, wow, that's like so powerful. Some of those statements in there are so powerful. And I have to agree that all three things are pretty accurate, I would say. Yeah, I, I, I hesitated for a moment on the quality people one right because um that one gives you a little bit of pause like wait a minute i can't be i can't be around people that might need me but then but then you you forget about his opening line of of saying this and it's about needing a change right so if you're if you're needing a change well then yeah you do have to change something and then when you get yourself right that's when you can help other people yeah, so, that's a good way of looking at it. I, it's not it's not saying I'm not hanging out with you and I don't like anybody that's not the same as me or doesn't earn as much money with me. It's saying right now in this moment, I need something different. I need something better. So um, I actually kind of like that. That is and it's something you hear a lot like in your in your career. You know, you, you, you when you look for a mentor or you look for um, I don't want to call friends, but acquaintances, people that you're going to look to for help, you always look at who you want to become or for those that you want to become, not for what you've already been. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I thought when I first heard it, I thought, you know, there's a time in everybody's life where you, you kind of go through life and you, you learn different things. You become a man or a woman or whatever, however you want to state it. And you, you're around different types of people. And this, this has always been something that I think for all of us, we've all had this happen maybe i would assume but i'm guessing here so but you go through life and you get into these sections of people but the thing about people is everybody has an, their own agenda on what they want to do and my point in that is like when you're young you get put into these different groups uh, of people and you have to choose which group do you want to go forward with in life because some of them are going to be mischief and breaking things and egging houses and stuff like that. Other ones are going to be studying and trying to go to college. Other ones are going to, so I took it as you, you're not going to, this is like you said, this isn't, this isn't the time you're changing people. This is the time you're deciding on the path that you want to go. And when you choose that right path, it, you know, what, you know, what we all deem is the right path, right? Everybody's different, but it sounded like to me in the speech, he's saying, I had to cho choose the right path and choose the right group of people to be with because, you know, yeah. I feel like growing up, yeah, I could have absolutely hung out with a different crowd of people. Now, does that mean I would have been a worse person? I don't, I don't no. think so. But, I'm just you know. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like true. I mean, and that, that's when you think about, you know, friendships and how friendships de develop and how lifelong friendships develop. There's this, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. When, when things become always one-sided, that's when drama, tension, you know, that those, those different emotions come into play where, you know, things don't last. And I, I think that happens, you know, I, I think it's with 
when you're looking for somebody to mentor you in a career. I think it, I think you look at that towards friendships. I think you look at that towards relationships. And I think I, you look at that with your kids as well. I mean, you look at, you know, relationship, me and my wife, if we didn't better each other, you know, if I didn't respect her and she didn't respect me and we didn't respect each other and where we're at and who we are, and she didn't make me a better person and I didn't try and make her a better person. It just wouldn't work out there. You know, you don't, you don't have a leg to stand on at that point. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. And then also with your own kids, I mean, you think about, you know, my, my kids, I'm very aware of who they hang out with and the type of people that they hang out with. And I'm very protective of that. You know, if I get a bad sense or I get a bad, I don't know, picture of my mind of, of what they're doing, then yeah, that's not going to happen or I'm not going to allow it because I want good influences. And I think that's really yeah. at the heart of it. What it is, it's about good, positive influence. influences than yeah. anything else. Yeah. Influence is huge. That's uh, definitely a huge part of life. And, you know, like you said, it, 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 the thing is you're trying to give, in my mind, at least you're trying to give your kids uh, and it, I don't want to say an advantage. Right. But my point is, is like, you do want them to have an advantage of, you know, learning now how to study for school, learning now how to treat elders, learning now how to treat God or whatever you want them to learn that now. So that when they're older, this is common sense to them, right? This is next. Yeah. This is normal, right? You know what I mean? Like the older you you get, the harder it is to change. I found that's yeah. That's what I was getting to. Just like how, I mean, it's been studies that have been proven that kids can learn music now easier than they'll ever learn it later in life, you know, playing guitar, playing piano. It's just, their minds are set for learning right now. So yeah, I agree a hundred percent on that. what do you think of the, so the last statement I thought was pretty powerful. Um, and I, I, you know, when I hear it over and over, I just think about um, when you open your mouth the world knows who you are, you know, and I thought, man, that's like such a powerful statement. And you just don't think of it that way sometimes, you know, but it, it's, it's kind of incredible. It's absolutely true. And it can be scary as hell if you're not secure, secure in who you are. Yeah, you know, that's I true. Think, I think that, that there's, you know, I'm, Sometimes I have an introvert around certain people because I don't feel like I have anything to add. I'm not smart enough or, you know, whatever the case may be. So I sit back and I'm an observer rather than, you know, a leader in those circumstances. But that is absolutely the truth. And in today's day and age, we're so easy. I mean, look at us, right? I mean, we're, we're recording our podcast series we're telling the people who we are from the moment we open our mouth to the moment we stop recording and we post this, right? So you have to be confident in who you are. And I think that's a huge part of it. If you don't have a confidence in who you are, um, I think that's part of that change process. You have to surround yourself with people that are going to be a positive influence on you that are going to help you have that confidence, feel important, learn all that kind of stuff. So that when you do open your mouth, um, you know, you have confidence in what you're saying. And that's a large part of it to me is, is confidence. Am I smart? No, <laughs> I ain't talk that well sometimes, you know, that's just the way that, that, that's just the way that it is. But I still feel that my voice can be heard. And in, in those moments where I don't know what to say or how to say it, you know, I come back to time and time again, well, maybe then I just shouldn't. And you don't always have to open your mouth and be heard in order to be heard. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Uh, when you say confidence, it's like such a big deal. And I think that a lot of times, I think the biggest things and the biggest advice I could give any uh, teenager or even adult, if you struggle with confidence and, and fear is that confidence is based around being ready to lose and, and face the fact that you're not going to be the best. Like, that's okay. Like, I think people, they get into this scenario where they feel like, you know, if I'm going to play basketball. I got to be in the NBA. You know what I mean? It's not, it's, you don't need to be the best at anything. You can enjoy yourself. You can make friends. You can help. Actually, this is so funny that we I was watching, I was telling you earlier, I was watching the Kensington live uh, church thing. And so they have the broadcast. Uh, they do their service. This one was from Traverse city, Michigan. And uh, Joel, who's the pastor was talking about, he had this ring and the ring was from a basketball tournament when he played for um, one of the teams and he, he they ended up winning and he got this ring, right? Championship ring. And, but he said, you know, I wore this ring. It was like wearing bling and it was very exciting and all this. But at the end of the day, he's like, I didn't really play a single minute in the tournament. Like I was on the bench the whole time. He's like, so I kind of felt like I didn't deserve this ring. Like, why do I, you know, why am I wearing this ring? I didn't go out there and win this tournament. And so for a while he struggled with that um, motion of like, how do I deal with this? You know? And so he ended up talking to the coach about it and the coach um, told him, you do deserve the ring. And the reason you deserve the ring is not because you went out there and scored those baskets. It's because the motivation you provided here for this team to better themselves, to go out there and win that tournament, you helped them practice. You were against them. You, you gave them the hardest time you could, you put in all your might to make them better players, to give them, get them ready for that tournament. And yeah, it's a team effort. It's not just the guys who score the baskets. So I, I say that because it's, it's an important lesson that you you don't have to be the best to enjoy yourself i mean it, yeah anything is great no that that's that again 100 on because i as you were talking about that in my mind i, I don't have a story like that to tell or, or that i heard from somebody else what my mind goes to is public speaking and getting up in front of people or in a business environment talking in front of large groups of people and things like that growing up back in high school and early college days, that was so fearful for me. I absolutely was terrified to talk to people. Um, and and I, I was for a very long time. And I finally had a, had a career in which I had to do that stuff. That was going to be mandatory for me to do. Yep. And out of that necessity, if you will, I learned that number first and foremost preparation is important you know having the right preparation is very very important when it comes to overcoming that fear of opening your voice and being heard by others and respected by others so what what i used to do what i used to do is i used to script out everything right word for word i wrote everything down every exact thing that i was going to say and that maybe I did that for the first couple of times, but then over time, what I realized and what I realized by watching others, not necessarily from what I did, but by watching others, the, the people that I enjoyed listening to the most were the people that were the realest when they talked, meaning they weren't trying to persuade somebody into thinking that they weren't who they were. And I give you an example of like, when, when somebody's talking, to you and they mess up, right? 
normal people or somebody that that is just trying to be prepared and just trying to say the words and isn't really confident in what they're saying they're going to ignore it they're going to feel stupid it's going to affect how they're presenting all that kind of stuff somebody that screws up that is real is going to acknowledge that they're going to know you know i know i i know i know and if i know i know I know, you know, right. You can, you can see that I just screwed up. So people that go in front of others in a real tone, if they mess up, if they, you know, something happens, just talk to people as a person. And I think that's the one thing that I I've learned is that in order to be a good presenter, you have to be you first. You can't try to be somebody else because it's going to come across as a robot. Yeah, no, hundred percent agree, Tim. That's actually, um, you know, I'm going to take I totally it. Go- just messed up that whole message, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I might go back a step because I'm going to say a lot of times and like that's this is what you said is, is really important. But if we take it back before that, that moment when you're saying you're preparing and all this stuff, one of the things I can say that um, is really important is obviously you, you mentioned preparation and getting ready. That is 100% accurate. That is like that right there takes away a lot of fear, which is the word I was getting to. Um, people have this thing of uh, what if, what if this, what if that, what if this? And so that's called fear. And that fear is what drives you to not do a lot of things in your life that you miss out on. And I want to say that you can't be scared of the what ifs. You have to look at like, how can I do this? How do I achieve it? Um, But being prepared takes away the fear because now you are ready to rumble. You've done your research, you've studied, you've you've actually spoke out loud into a room by yourself about your script, what your work you're going to go over. But here's the biggest thing I would say to people. And I agree, Tim, this is a very big topic is, is, you know, public speaking. So for me is a little different. What I did to achieve this is two, there was a couple things. Number one, I started playing music a long time ago and I thought, you know, I really want to play in front of a coffee shop. I want to be the next Dave Matthews. This is going to, I'm going to do this. So I did two concerts starting the first two were the worst two I've ever done and very embarrassing even to watch the video now it's extremely embarrassing for myself but you know what can we play it. one can you no, cut into a video I so I'm expecting when this goes live that right now we cut into a video and Tim was at these concerts they were backyard concerts that we did um me and some friends but all my friends showed up to, to support even though we sucked we sucked really bad and it was okay because it was a growing thing and, and everybody still supported me, even though I sucked, which was nice. It was a nice thing they did that. And, you know, so moving into college, I, I had a little bit of, you know, I was like, eh, I could, I had a little confidence, right? I could, I could do this. So I started playing in college a little bit and I got better. And then definitely in college, I could hold my own in a coffee shop or a bar or whatever. And um, that helped me a lot because Not- it wasn't really the speaking part I was doing in front of people. It was more the music, which still got me in front of people and singing in front of people is very hard and it's very nerve wracking. But at the same time, if you know the music, it's not a big deal. Yeah. But let's, let's not, let's not, you know, let's not get too deep because what, what really gave you the confidence was singing to those girls. Yeah. That helps too. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) You want to be cool. Everybody wants to feel cool and feel like they're the man, you know? So of course it helps having that in college and the music, but anyway, Uh, I I joke, man, I joke, but you're, (laughs) you're absolutely right. Going from that helped me a little bit going into work. Okay. And then, so as, as I got into work, it was a little easier talking from people for sure. But what really drove me over the edge was when Tim and I made a decision on a different business thing we do together to do a YouTube video series. And that YouTube video series was a big change for me. So it was like, Hey, 
can, how are we going to do this? Can I do this? Am I comfortable doing this? Am I comfortable with my friends and family and coworkers knowing I'm doing this, this business, this, whatever you want to call it, this internet, you know, YouTube influencer stuff. And at first it was, it, it was embarrassing. Not only say embarrassing, but you, people make comments like, Oh, saw your video. And you know, cause at the time in 2009, it was like not as normal as it is today. Today, everybody's got a YouTube everybody's channel. got a YouTube everybody's channel. got a TikTok. Yeah. everybody's got instagram so yeah. it's different than it was back then and but anyways that talking in front of people on camera especially gave me a lot of confidence and then going into meetings at my real job it was so easy like i could go in there and i i felt very confident and one of the things i learned that i would share with anybody is that when you're speaking in front of a group in, at your work or a presentation in front of hundreds of people don't be scared to not know the answer this is the key so if, if someone says to you, 100%, man, how do you turn that car on? Or how do you, how does that light go on? And you say, you know what? That's a great question. And I'm gonna have to get back to you because I don't know the answer offhand. I'm gonna have to ask some of the professionals, right? Because if, like Tim said earlier, you know, as long as you answer it truthfully, people won't lose disrespect for you instantly. And then not, they want to feel you're credible. So if you, and I Absolutely. feel that way, if I'm watching somebody, if I'm watching a speaker at Kensington or I'm watching a Ted, Ted talk, you know, if they don't, if they have like, if they try to BS an answer, you're going to know. That's yep. all I'm saying. You don't want to BS anything. Yep. You always say, I don't know the answer, but I will get it for you. That's the exact response. It, it, it's so said. funny that you say that because when you were, when you were talking about your music and all that kind of stuff, that, that is the one thought that did pop into my head is when you don't know the answer, the best thing to do is admit it. And that is one of the, one of the highlights of what I've learned in my career, um, you know, presenting to other people and large groups of people and even doing this stuff is that people are going to know they're going to read right through you when you're not being real in those moments. And if you just simply say, you know what, I don't know. Um, but I'll find the answer out for you. And you have confidence in the fact that you can find the answer out and then you follow up. Cause the, the second part of that is following up. It's not just saying it, it's actually yeah. doing it after the fact, but when you can follow up with it and get them the correct answer, that right there just gives you instant credibility from that point forward where they're going to use you as a sounding board. You know, what do you think about this? Well, I don't really know. Let me, let me get back to you on it. And that's at the end of the day, it's kind of funny because my, my whole career, building up, you know, to where I'm at now and my career is not over by any means, but just where I'm at right now. I, I word for word, you know, in my, in my interviews in order to get where I'm at, you know, people ask me about me and well, who you are and what you do and why you want this job. And my, my response to that is, listen, I, I want a career. I want to be the person that people come to for questions. Not that I'm going to have all the answers, but I want to be the guy that, that people come to that I, that they look for answers from that to me is a successful career. Yeah. Yeah. And also in interviews, I was thinking about interviews and you said that, and I thought, how many interviews have I been on that? I haven't gotten a job and there's definitely some, everybody has some, but I would say if I interviewed 30 times, I probably didn't get the job 10 of those times out of the 30, but I would suggest that, um, and interviews of interviews are a great, um, example of, how to handle stress, how to handle stress under pressure <laughs> and, and interviews. I would say I, but I apply these same things to interviews. When I go in an interview, if I don't know something, I'm straight up that I don't know the answer. I'll say, if they're like, Hey, how did you use this? Um, 
blah, blah system, this AFARS or whatever it is, right? When you're in this industry and I'd be like, mm, I didn't really do much of that in my industry. So I apologize, but I can, I'll look into it. And if I remember anything, I can email you about it. You know, I'll just completely skip the question and it might sound crazy, <clears throat> but for the most part, I think once you build that respect to the person across you that you're not lying and you're not BSing them, you're going to get in. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. As long as you can, you know, you can know, I mean, I shouldn't say that, but if you build that relationship, you you're on their trust and they're going to feel differently about how they're asking you the questions and your answers. And they're going to start feeling like, all right, well, this guy's truthfully answering me, right. No matter what, whether yeah, I, I mean, fit the, the mold or not, the people hiring you are not going to hire you if they don't trust you. If you feel that they feel that you're just saying words to say words and telling them what they want to hear, they don't want, they don't want to hear what they want to hear they want to hear yeah. you and who you are they're the whole interview is about i mean they can see your experience on a piece of paper right unless it's a very technical job or you need very technical skills and that kind of thing but they can see your experience on that piece of paper the real question is who you are are you going to fit here and no i can tell you right now there's not a person that i know in any reputable form any professional form that is going to hire somebody that they feel is not going to be reliable and truthful yeah, no, 100%. And the other thing is, you know, with those, uh, with interviews, when you're interviewing for jobs is that you should always have examples ready of different situations, because they're going to ask you like, Oh, did you ever have a tough situation? And how did you handle it? So those are situations where you should already be ready to go in your mind with a situation you had, how you resolved it, then they're going to ask you things like, do you ever have a situation where, um, you know, you needed to hit a target and you didn't hit it. What did you do? You know, things like that, where you, you, they were looking for steps. Like, how did you do one time I went to an interview and they asked me, and this is for supply chain. They asked me, uh, they, they actually literally the guy, let's see if I have one here. Uh, I don't, I guess it doesn't really matter what I grab. Um, I, hope I had a pen in here, but I guess I don't. So I'll take these blue glasses. So he he took out a pen basically. And he said, tell me how you would buy this. And so I, I strategically, you know, said, well, each of the arms comes off. I buy those as a pair. I take the bolts out. I buy those as an assembly because there's so many bolts. Right. But I've done supply chain. So I knew how to do it. And then I, you know, I go from there, but that's how, but you know, that's what I'm saying. They, they could get detailed on how, you know, Hey, tell me how you would do this or whatever and want a true example. Yeah. The truth, the answer, though, is a lot more deeper than that, because what they're looking for is how am I going to get it to the location? How much does it cost? To, how did I learn to ship it? Did I competitively bid it? You know, things like that. They're actually yeah. Looking- and, well, and I feel a lot of times when those scenarios have come up and I, I'm in a completely different line of work than you are. So my my line of questioning, although very similar, is just different from that aspect. And at the end of the day, what what people are looking for is not that you necessarily know the answer. It's that you know how to get the answer. Right. It's not that you can it's not that you can problem solve right there on the spot. It's that you have the thought process and the steps and the maturity down that you know how to get to the end result and work your way through it one step at a time in a logical manner that everybody can understand. So it's about, it's, it, at the end of the day, to me, those types of questions are, are my demonstration of my understanding of problem solving and problem solving through moral leadership, meaning that you're not skipping steps, you're not cutting corners, you're following a, you know, an ethical compass to get to a result that is amicable for everybody. Yep, yeah, for sure. What do you think these glasses, Tim, looking good, huh? I, uh, I, 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 are they safety glasses? 
These are blue glasses. They take out the oh, those are light. like the uh, the ones for the computers and stuff. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if they help me though. I feel like they give me a headache though. My um, my wife wears those because she was getting headaches, and now she wears those full time, and she doesn't get headaches anymore from them. Yeah, I probably should start wearing these. We bought a whole bunch of these right when the whole COVID thing hit so that, you know, because we're going to be on computers a lot more. And yeah, I always find that um, when I was working, going in every day, I always found that, um, you know, I'd stare at two screens all day, a lot of Excel files and stuff. And I I always felt uh, I was okay for the most part. But then like um, we have a Starbucks where I where I work. And so, you know, for some reason, if I got Einstein coffee, I was really good to go. But if I got starbucks and i got it i don't know why not all the time i don't want to say all the time but like every once in a while i develop a migraine and then i would get like tunnel vision at work it was the worst thing dude and then you're just like struggling right because you can't see anything have you ever had a migraine tim i i i don't know if it was a migraine or withdrawals from caffeine i've had some major vision? headaches yeah where like you can't do anything at all like you get a you headache see, and it just won't see, go though? away What's it? no, I don't. I, I mean, like pressure in the back of my eye, but no, not not where like I literally can't see. It's more like yeah. you know, your the back of your eye hurts and it's just hard. You know, to like you, you know, open. you look into the sun and you get like a, a blur that kind yeah. of shows you can see it, you can keep seeing it. Yeah, that's what this tunnel vision becomes. Like it, it's not, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a tunnel, but you see these blur spots in like half of your, your retina. So if you cover like half your eye you see this on both sides, like this weird, That's and weird. You, it won't go away. And it's like just there and you can't but you see self real. Like you can actually realize this when it's going on too. Oh yeah. It's horrible. That's crazy. That, Cause you can't see, I just had to close my eyes like and try to take a nap. Cause you can't, and your head just pounding. It's the worst. And I, that would happen like not all the time, but like once a quarter at work, probably once a half quarter, whatever, once half a year. So maybe twice a year, whatever. But it's like the worst because once it starts to come, you can feel it coming because you start to feel a headache, you know, getting growing. And then all of a sudden you can't see anything and you're like, I got to get the heck out of here, you know, but it's hard. You can't drive. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. you need to you got to recognize it in the beginning to leave. <laughs> I'll go home sick before because it lasts for hours. Like you'll sit three, four hours like that. I get headaches from time, from time to time. And you know, they, they don't go away. You know, I, I don't like taking like aspirin. I, I will, if it gets really bad and that's really the only time that it would go away when it's that bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, they last for hours and it sucks, but no, I've never had that, man. I, I, I can honestly say that's that, that itself has never happened to me. So it's bad. Yeah. Where are those glasses? Huh? Water. It can happen too. Well, obviously it can happen to you because you've never had it, but for me, if I have to drink a lot of water, because then it helps not have them, you know, like, yeah. um, but there's always that risk. And, you know, I drink a lot of coffee. So it's probably part of the issue is too much caffeine and then not enough water. I think it's kind of a scenario. But um, anyway, yeah, I got into a, a bad, bad situation yesterday. I had coffee after uh, four o'clock yesterday, which I usually don't do. I found that in my old age, it, you know, it used to not affect me at all. Right. I could drink coffee all day long and go to bed when I'm tired and be tired and actually get tired. Now, you know, I'll, I'll drink coffee. I drank coffee yesterday around four o'clock. I was, you know, I, it didn't like, Ooh, kick me up, you know, wake me up or anything like that. It just sounded good. I had a cup and all of a sudden I'm sitting there at one o'clock in the morning, still reading a book going, I uh, can't even begin to go to sleep. You know? It's just so, so funny because it's complete opposite for me. Like coffee does not, it, it helps me wake up a little bit, but it doesn't keep me up. And I, I, you know, we did the, um, uh, what's it called? 20 and me or whatever. The blood thing where you check your blood to see your yeah, heritage, yeah, yeah. 21 and me or whatever. Yeah. I know what you're uh, talking about. 
Yep. So anyway, we did that. And it says in there specifically for my blood that um, I'm not affected by caffeine. Like it says that, like you could drink all the caffeine you want in your blood, but it's not going to affect you. Like, um, like some people, it says yeah. unlimited or something crazy. It was weird, but that anyway. is interesting. Um, I also said I have elite bloodline for sports. Did you really? <laughs> That's good. I'm find that clip. Yeah. Anyway, so the song little, too, too today, little too late for that one, but yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the song I want to talk about today, and I'm going to go through the song with you, Tim, because it's such a great song, and I, 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 I kind of forgot about it for about five years, to be honest. I totally forgot about it until we started doing the show, and I thought, man, what are some songs I used to really love that, um really help motivate me and um, keep me going. But so this song, uh, the, the band is called Cayman's Call. And um, I was turned on to this band by a friend of mine, Demiso, which I think you met Demiso. Mafu, did, yeah, yeah. South Africa. He was part of Kensington Church a long time ago when I met him. I actually went to Central. That's how we originally yep. met him. Um, this, this CD came out in 1999. It's called 40 Acres by Cayman's Call. It's a CD. This is not the song we're talking about today. But the other one, the song we're talking about today is called Faith in My Eyes. And I'll play a clip for you guys here um, real quick. But basically the song, it says, um, as I survey the ground for ants, looking for a place to sit and read, I'm reminding, reminded of the streets of my hometown, how they're much like this concrete that's warm beneath my feet. Um, so it, it's, it starts with this very kind of relaxed thing where this dude's looking you know looking to sit down and you know what i mean like and write music or maybe read the bible i don't i don't know they're they're definitely a christian band so yeah um anyhow it says and i'm and how i'm all wrapped up in my mother's face with a touch of my father just up around the eyes and the sound of my brother's laugh but more wrapped up in what binds our ever distant lives so obviously someone moved but they're i don't know about that part tim what do you think about that part because it seems like it's almost like you're talking about your features that are because of your parents yeah I, I i think so i mean that that it's it's hard because like that's the thing about cadman's call like when you look when you and i used to listen to them um back in the day as well is that their lyrics are not necessarily straightforward right and i yeah. think that's i think that's why their songs were so good is because you could get meaning out of it where there was no meaning because yeah. it, you kind of just relate to those words to your own life. And yeah, I can absolutely see that out of those lyrics. 100%. And then he goes on to say, uh, but if I must go, things I trust will be better off without me, but I don't want to know life is better off a mystery. And then this is the main part. So this is kind of the part I was gonna, this is the part I really want to talk about. Cause this is the part where the motivation is, but all these parts build up to this part. And I, and it kind of, get you this part and you're like oh wow okay so then it says so keep on coming these lines on the road and i keep and keep me responsible be it a light on heavy load and keep me guessing with these blessings in disguise and i'll walk with grace my feet and faith in my eyes so to me this this line is like literally mind-blowing this this little this little um chorus it's just literally so keep on coming the lines on the road so basically the way i took this tim is keep life going right we're going to keep moving on i agree keep me responsible be it a light on heavy load so give me the light lord on this let heavy me see load. the road yeah yeah and this pressure of of life and keep me guessing with these blessings in disguise i mean oh my gosh what a line like yeah. all these little things that happen to you could be a blessing that you don't even know sometimes yeah 
and they're disguised in, in what you things. think is not a blessing that that that's right. what that's the mystery right the, to me that's the mystery that he's talking about is that what you think is not a blessing what you see as a challenge or a stress or something bad that's coming maybe a stop sign in this instance you know that that might absolutely absolutely be a blessing you don't know you have no way and the only thing that you have is faith to know that what is in front of you what you are seeing you're supposed to see you're supposed to be there and you will get through it by your faith that that to me is is just it's absolutely amazing i love these lyrics and this in this last line like literally i'm about to walk away it's so mind-blowing but it, it like this song like every time i hear it it just literally refreshes me restarts me re-energizes me and i just can't help but like just feel so overwhelmed by god and like just you know the whole concept but this last line says and i'll walk with grace my feet and faith my eyes so to me it just means i will walk this path and i will walk it to the best of my ability with grace in my feet and faith in my eyes meaning like I'll look at everything in a positive way in the way God would have wanted it. I mean, it's literally mind blowing that line to me. Yeah. Because everything that's happening to you is from him. Right. I mean, that, that's the whole point of it. Um, and I don't say that lightly. I mean, that's a very tough thing is that when you're in the moment, it's easy to get mad at God. It's easy to get mad at others. It's easy to blame somebody else for what's happened or, or what you're going through. But at the end of the day, um, you know, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. That, that is, that is truth. And you know, the things that you're going through are going to on the other side of it. And, and who knows when that's going to be. And that's part of the struggle in, in real world is not knowing when those struggles are going to end, but you will come out of it more faithful, more loving, more positive when you have the right glasses on to be able to see what's going on. And the fact that God is in, the, in that situation with you. You're yeah. not alone. You're not walking alone. You're walking with grace, with God, and by faith. So it's absolutely amazing. Um, so the song goes on to say, I mean, the song kind of indicates that it's somebody like him. Maybe he moved to a different town or something. But like, I love, like you said, it's like so twisty, right? Like, what are we talking about? Are we talking about a move here? Or are we talking yeah. about how life has moved you in a different direction, right? Because of God or whatever. Um, he goes, it goes on to say, we'll go through this whole thing. Cause it's so good. It says hometown weather is on TV and I imagine the lives of people living there. And I'm curious if they imagine me cause they just want to leave. I wish that I could stay And that line, uh, to me is the exact line that we talked about, about Ben Rector and what he talked about in a Christmas special that he, you know, like he had to go travel the world, but really he just wanted to be home with his wife and kid. You know what I mean? Like, but that was his job, you know? Yeah. So like, that was one of the things that he wished he could say. And then it says, but I get turned around. I mistake some happiness for blessing, but I'm blessed as the poor. Still, I judge, still, I judge, sorry, still, I judge success by how I'm dressing. So that part was like, whoa, right? Like, cause you're right. Sometimes you, you feel like you're successful because you got money or you got, you know, all this stuff, but really, are you judging success based on that? Or are you judging it based on happiness and feeling fulfilled in life? Right. It is 
absolutely amazing how that song kind of can stick with you throughout your whole life because you have so many like different journeys, right. That you're taking in, in, in your own life that that song really can stick with you through any scenario that you're going through in life. I absolutely love it, man. It goes on to say, uh, so I'll sing a song of my hometown. I'll breathe the air and walk the streets. Maybe find a place to sit and read and the answer welcome company. Oh my gosh. Oh, so good. It comes <laughs> right back around to the ants in the beginning, guys. Yeah. It's like incredible. Like they brought it all the way back around to a full circle. And just the thought that the ants are welcome company, like the concept of someone sitting on a concrete, writing in this book or reading a Bible, whatever they're doing. And these ants that originally started, you know, they're like, they're welcome company, meaning like God's creation is like welcome, no matter what around me at all times. Like, it's just yeah. amazing to me. But I kind of see it in a sense too, like the ants are, are, are kind of the people, right? Like there are these small things that kind of walk around unnoticed at times, um, so little in, in, and only live for a very short period of time, which, which kind of is awesome. The grand scheme of things, That's right? Interesting. So when he's wow. sitting down in the end to me, when he's sitting down, he's saying, you know what, God, you got this and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to be with you and I'm going to live for you. And I'm going to welcome those ants. I'm going to welcome those people because that's me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read a book and I'm going to watch them because I'm part of that story. Yeah, it's this incredible. Like, so this is just the start of our Cayman Cayman's call um, songs. There's a lot more songs they have that are just incredible. And uh, I, I'm really excited to bring them to you guys. Cause a lot of times you just never heard these songs, right? You're like, I didn't even yeah. knew that song existed and just wait till we get the 40 acres. That's another amazing song they have. It just, it just, uh, there's so many songs on this specific CD that are incredible. When I first was given it, it was given to me by Demiso a long time ago. And when I remember just starting from the beginning to the end and just listening, you know, this is back when CDs were CDs, right? So if yeah. you gave me the disc, I throw it in and just listen to the whole thing top to bottom. And then it started really opening something in me and I didn't realize it at the time. And um, looking back on it, it did, it helped me. It actually helped me that that music helped me with a gl glide path to from there to now on my feelings of God and Jesus and the way things work. Cause I just start to think about how nature is just so powerful and how are we ever going to really understand it all? The answer to me is no. I mean, it's so complex. There's no yeah. scientist that's going to ever be able to figure out the, I mean, think of the space too. I mean, I'm not just saying what's on earth, but just the whole vastness of everything. It's literally so detailed and, and so mathematical and scientific and, way beyond what we can ever comprehend it's just so wonderful right. and beautiful and elegant and when you well, look that, at that's why that song reminds me of being the ant in that story because when you look at the vastness and the knowledge and everything like that what are we but ants i mean yeah. really we we we're so small we 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 live long lives according to us but in the grand scheme of things it's Tiny. it's a it's a blip man blip on the radar yeah. so all right tim what song you got Oh man, that I, 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 hard to I don't, it's hard because I don't, I, there's so many good ones. Um, you know what I'll do? I, I don't know if I want to do a song, but let me, let me turn on a new band that I've been listening to called we, the kingdom. So that this, they, they kind of interestingly enough, um, popped up in my Facebook feed. And that's how I, that's how I kind of first listened to them. And, and I don't think, first of all, I don't think that that ever would have happened 
if I didn't shut off the news, if I didn't shut off all this other stuff that's wasting my time and bringing me negative thoughts. And, you know, I, I, I think I said, you know, a couple podcasts ago that, that in my own life, I had to, I had to get rid of all the negativity and start with positivity and Facebook, you know, everybody's on it probably more than they should. And one things that, one of the things that I had to do was, um, really become more positive with what I'm feeding into my eyes and reading and that kind of thing. So I joined some cool groups and, you know, things that I am passionate about and I like, so long story short through that, um, this video popped up from we, the kingdom and, uh, they, they have just some amazing music going on out there. And one, the one that I think, you know, really has kind of hit me, you know, recently is it is this song called don't tread on me. And you think it's going to be political, right? Because of the, the, the phrase don't tread on me, right? That's a political movement that everybody sees and all that kind of stuff. But it really is more about not letting the devil, not letting the negativity overcome you and telling that, that, telling that negativity, telling that evil that you won't tread on me. There's something bigger. There's more positive things that I can do with my life. And that to me, man, that song, I've been listening to it over and over and over again. Um, when I found the song probably three or four days ago, and I just can't let it go. When I, when I hear a good song, I love that song. So let yeah. me see if I can find the lyrics here real quick. Cause I, yeah, yeah, cool. I was, um, when you were sharing your song, racking my brain on what song that I was going to bring up. And it's just so tough for me because I'm so into this, uh, this group right now. Let me see here. We really the cool. kingdom. Yeah. It's fun when you find things like that and songs and new stuff. And it's just, it's exciting, you know, when you find something you really connect with and, and, you know, draw a connection with, I think that's just an incredible thing. Yeah. And it's one of those songs. That's like one of those old school kind of, uh, reminds me of like a Johnny Cash type of type of feel to it too. You know, it's like a very powerful, very emotional song. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, so the, the I'll just I'll go through the because I I think a lot of it just t- telling the stage about the devil and evil and that kind of thing. But when it comes to the chorus, I'll I'll go through the chorus real quick. But it's uh, it's just yelling, get out of here, get on up and leave. Ain't no devil gonna tread on me. He's choking on the blood that ran down the tree. So to me, choking on the the blood of Christ running down the cross, the wooden cross down the tree, ain't no devil going to tread on me. So it's just coming back to that. Listen, in our own lives, we need to reject negativity. We need to reject evil. We need to reject the devil and we need to shout to it to get out of here. Because if you just let it sit there, if you let it um, work its way, slither its way into your life. It's going to grab hold of you and it's not going to let you go. So you got to tell it to get out and you just got to be positive, um, you know, going forward. And sometimes we just got to say, no, I'm, I'm done. That's it. It's over. I'm done with this and move on. Yeah, for sure. So, I love it. I that's it, great. man. It's a, it's a great song though. Great, great song by, uh, I, like I said, blessed to, uh, have Facebook pop that up in my feed. So that's really cool. Yeah. I think, uh, those, those are, you know, we'll try to link those below, but those are, you know, all these songs and these groups are really important guys. And, you know, like I said, Tim and I have always been trying to, um, with this show and, you know, we're not, we're not looking, you know, this show is for us. It's like, kind of like, I don't know, therapy, I guess, but it is. <laughs> for a chance to chat with our, ourselves, but also chat with you guys and learn stuff. So if you guys, um, 
have things you want to see or songs you want to talk about or want to come on the show, let us know and just, you know, comment below and we'll try to uh, connect with you. We're going to have a couple authors coming up on the show soon that wrote motivational books. And we think that's pretty cool and want to, you know, talk to them about what they do to motivate themselves and also others and how to, you know, help others and all that. Some things to think about too, um, you know, this week when you're, you know, doing your normal live and everything is how can I help somebody else? You know, what can I do? a little bit, you know, what can I start doing to help people, you know, after talking with John last week, uh, on the podcast, it's, it's apparent that, you know, the more we can do the better and don't be afraid to reach out to help people. You know, we talked about that a little bit and, um, just try to make a change and make a difference in someone's life. I think that's the most important thing you can do and spread the message, right? Uh, share this podcast if you can and share it with a friend, get a friend to watch it, uh, talk, uh, listen to it, however you get the feed. Um, but you know, and then join us for these conversations, you know, and Tim and I, once this, uh, following is big enough, we'll start doing these live and, and then we can have general conversations with people. Cause I think that'd be a lot of fun and, um, we can, you know, feed off each other, different comments and questions and try to help build a better, um, partnership with, uh, you guys and <laughs> relationship, a community. That was the word I was looking for <laughs> better yeah, community, of better, motivation. better together, man. It's always better together. Yeah. This is, you know, Tim and I, uh, you know, we have a lot of friends that we share a lot of the same friends. We're on a lot of the same text feeds. And, you know, when Tim said that, you know, Hey, I had to, uh, strip myself of negativity. Well, I did the same thing. A lot of those feeds I actually stopped listening to, or even looking at, cause a lot of them are political and different things. I, I really just didn't want to hear about it anymore. It's like at a certain point, I'm like, you know what? I'm just done with that. Like it's, it's over. I don't want to watch any of these news things again. I'm good for a while. Right. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm alive. I'm safe. That's all I can care about. My family's good. So, and my friends are good. So there, that's where I'm at at least. So um, yeah. So make sure you guys check us out online and uh, definitely subscribe and uh, you know, hang out with us. That's the biggest thing, you know, let's, let's do this together. Share your stories as well. I mean, a lot of people have had great motivational stories of, getting rid of uh, alcohol in their lives, stop doing drugs. I and mean, there's so many different things people have anger. Uh, and that, that was a big one for me is getting rid of anger, you know? So that, you know, there, there's, there's stories. And that, that's, a, I mean, you're absolutely right, Dave. The, there's a story from everybody. If you, even if you don't think you have a story, trust me, you have a story. There's a story yeah. to tell. And that's, that's what I would love to hear is I love testimony. I love just hearing about people. People love hearing about people and not themselves, you know, and, and that's if, if we can build a community like that, that's just positive, that shares experiences. Um, there's just so much negativity going on in the world that it's just so nice to have you, Dave, and to talk to you on a weekly basis. Like you said, this is a little bit of therapy for us, but we just, we hope and pray that this is helping you guys to really overcome some things in your own life or think about it differently, add some positivity, and we can all grow together. So thank you.